Welcome to Sports Trebuchet. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. I'm Josh. A little rusty on the introduction there. That's my bad. <laughs> Kyle was uh, had his penis out. Uh, follow us at Sports yep. Trebuchet on Twitter. Uh, visit us at sportstrebuchet.com. Email us, sportstrebuchetpod at gmail.com. Uh, um, let's get this thing started. Uh, we've got a packed show, and we're going to start with Josh's Corner. Josh. Thank you, Marty. I'm delighted to have my corner today. So, we'll get cracking nice and quick. Um, we have a lot of stuff coming thick and fast in the next couple of weeks for football, the end of the football season, Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup. Uh, so I thought I'd put together a little prediction league for us um, oh and see who comes out on top come the end of May. Uh, and it's really going to just be a good opportunity to talk through all the big talking points at the end of the season and add a competitive twist to it. So, first things first, we'll start with the Premier League and the winners. Uh, it's a two-horse race right now. There is going to be no third challenger. It is purely down to Liverpool and Manchester City. You can see that Liverpool are in first, uh, played 33 games, 82 points. Man City are second, played 32 games and have 80 points. So, looking at the upcoming fixtures and generally anything you've seen of Liverpool and uh, Man City over the last couple of months, weeks, season, thoughts? Well, obviously uh, Man City kind of has the inside track because they have one more game. If they win out, if both teams win out, Man City gets the title because they'll beat them by one point at that point. But I'm looking at those fixtures and... well. And even before you even start, I'm assuming that we've all played 33 because Crystal Palace is a win. So I'm going to put Crystal Palace, or I'm sorry, Man City at 83 points already. So if there's five to go, Man City's up for me. I still think that there's a greater chance for Man City to lose than, than Liverpool. There, I would agree with there you. Are two ga- there are two games in there that I could circle and say that they have a larger than... And I'm assuming it's the two that come real quick in a midweek of Tottenham and Man United. Yeah, and that last one's an away game at Man United. Middle of the week, too. In between two games that are, you know, Tottenham at home and then they've got to go to Burnley away, which is never a nice place to go, no matter how bad they're playing. Yeah. I'm going to say that Liverpool wins it. Yeah, I think so, too. Man City is how many years removed from there? Title? Did they win last year? Or did they win? Was it three years ago? They won last year. They won it last year. Yeah. They, okay, so they're trying to reach. I was trying to remember whether it was Chelsea, but that was, that was the <laughs> and Liverpool. It's been a minute, right? Because they Liverpool, a long time, long time. Can't remember the last time they won the Premier League. Um, in I'm not so, sure they ever did win the Premier League yet. I think one in the late nineties or something. I thought I saw, but I'm I don't. Sure. I mean, that was the time Manchester United. You would know more than me. In it. It's been a long time since Liverpool won the big one, anyway. So other than, so Cardiff City's going to be playing for their life against Liverpool. Well, and they will lose their life at that well, point. <laughs> I mean, that is that is something that we'll be talking about in the relegation battle, right? It depends on what happens to Cardiff in their two games before that. Because Cardiff have to play Burnley and Brighton away before they go to Liverpool. So there's a chance that they're more safe than they are right now as we or speak. Or more gone. They could be 11 points adrift and there's no hope at that point. That means that... We'll get to that when it comes to the relegation point. But yeah, I think Liverpool's the easy choice, if nothing else, because there's four away fixtures for Man City left. Three, if you count. Um, 
that they already played Crystal Palace and won, which I'm, I'm assuming. So we're all going to be super uh, aggressive and go for Liverpool as the winners coming up for the next mm-hmm. one. Do you think there's any slip-ups in there? Cardiff possibly away, Newcastle away. Possibly. I would say Chelsea, but that's a home, and I'm not totally impressed with Chelsea. Agreed. Uh, By the time Wolves, the Wolves game, will the FA Cup be over? No, the FA Cup is on May the 18th. FA Cup final. So there's a chance that Wolves really wants the FA Cup. Wolves ain't they're, in they're the not FA in there anymore. Oh, it was Watford that beat them. Yeah. I, thought, I forget that 2-0 got... You turned it off for 88, 88 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is when Kyle turned it on. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll cool. Yeah, Liverpool I, it is. I think it's Liverpool. All right, moving on to the other business end of the table. We have three uh, prime candidates for relegation. Uh, there are arguments that people, that teams above them may go down, Newcastle, Burnley. Um, but Burnley played Cardiff this weekend, uh, and I would hazard to say that if Cardiff were to, if Burnley were to win that, they're safe. Um, I think any amount of points really for Newcastle next will make them safe. So these are the three. Uh, Brighton in 16th, played 31, 33 points. Southampton at 17th, played 32 with 33 points. And Cardiff at 18th, in the drop zone, played 32, 28 points. The two teams below them are gone. That's Fulham and Huddersfield. They are absolutely adrift. They yes. are finished. F. They will have a lot of fun next year in the championship. Yes. So, uh, Brighton has so many more games to play. Yeah, but three of them you can almost chalk up as losses. All right, Spurs, Arsenal, and City. Yeah. And probably Wolves away. Wolves yeah. are fantastically inconsistent. So you don't know what you're going to get at Molyneux. That's the problem with Wolves and has been all season. Right. They can go. They can play Burnley at home and lose 2-0 and then go to Manchester United and win 1-0 away. That's been them all year. So like, you may as well flip a coin at that point for them. I, mean, I really do not like those games that Cardiff has coming up. No, Cardiff's games are horrific. Uh, their running, to me, is probably the worst. Um, Burnley away, when Burnley are fighting for their life, knowing that the win will be enough to make them safe. Mm-hmm. Brighton away, knowing that it's life. a relegation six-pointer and could possibly make them safe with that win. Then they've got to go and play Liverpool at their own place. Who are trying to win the champion, or trying to win the league. Yep. They've got to then play Fulham away, which is who knows what Fulham team is going to show up right. at this point. Yeah, they just throw out all their youngsters because they're already going to be going down. Sessingen's pretty young, right? He's, he's but there's also this thing with relegated teams, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with it because you don't have anything like this in the US. But when it, uh, well, I suppose you do, right? In the NFL, when a team uh, is absolutely categorically out of the playoffs and they can play spoiler, they tend to play better because there's no pressure on them. Mm-hmm. And you see the same thing happen with teams that are already relegated. They turn up and they'll beat somebody that really needs a victory because they're just playing with no pressure. They want to drag them down to the championship with them. Yeah, there's just all that. All that's just no. They don't feel the same. The championship same league stuff. for anyone that's like, confused. Champions. <laughs> Um, Palace at home. Palace's away record is better than their home record, so that's the that's probably they probably would have preferred the reverse fixture. <laughs> They'd probably have preferred to go to Salas because Palace are poor, and then away at Old Trafford to end your season. Yeah, it's not a rough nice way to go. I 
And they might be fighting for seven or up too, right? Depending on how they're playing. Yes. I. I'm gonna go Cardiff. I think Southampton are probably the least in danger, just mm-hmm. given their fixtures. Yeah, I think that they're all those are winnable. Which is exactly why I'm picking Southampton. I think you, I think they're just gonna fall apart. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they lose to Newcastle. I think they draw to Watford and they lose out. Okay. We're missing a game in there somewhere. There's gotta be. They've played the same amount of games as Cardiff. I think they might have played 33. Southampton has played 32. And I'm pulling it up right now, too. And they've got... Uh, Wolves is the Saturday game that you don't have. Gotcha. They're hosting so it's Wolves. Wolves next. At home. So I think... Uh, that's That kind of that doesn't really change it for me, though. I, Wolves right off a disappointing FA loss, FA Cup loss. Pissed off. And they're playing at home. I think uh, Josh just clocked out of work. <laughs> Thanks. It's not like we have listeners here. No, it's all right, but it's great. They don't know what time we're recording. It's 8.30 p.m. <laughs> uh, I'm going... Southampton? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go Cardiff. What about you, Josh? <sighs> you gonna bite the ball and take Brighton? Brighton? Well, you know, you know my allegiance at this point. Everybody who's listening does. These next two are the absolute crux of it. I uh, if if Which they they both play this week, like in the next seven days, right? Yep. Yep. By so we play Bournemouth on Saturday and we play Cardiff on the Tuesday, and it all hinges on that. Not only for us, but for Cardiff too. I think. So, like, I think at that point, depending on what it looks like, they, Cardiff can either realistically catch us or they're not going. And that Cardiff game is going to be absolutely outrageous. Like, there is no more pressure on a team, both teams, as that game. That is horrific. And I am going to be a bag of nerves. We'll know on the, your pants. We're going to record on the 25th, and if Josh says his name very meekly, then we know, <laughs> we know how those two games are gone. Because our last four um, are no nicer than any of the others. No. I mean, we've got Spurs away, Arsenal away, and Man City at home. We have Newcastle at home in amongst that, which is probably going to be our very last Hail Mary if we're in the ship. Uh, that's going to be our last chance. Um... I have faith in Hewton to grind out the points we need, but I think we're probably going to stay up because Cardiff are bad, not because we're good. Do you think that so I think three draws go down? Do you think three draws and four losses get you there? Put us on thirty-six. Who it depends on if where. Let's say you draw Cardiff, draw Bournemouth, and draw any of the other left. So you've got to think that where are Cardiff going to get? The rest of their points. They would need, if we're on 36, and they would be on 29, they would need 8 points to go above us because their goal difference is significantly worse. Or only go above Southampton, right? Or Southampton, yeah. They would need, win at Burnley, win at Fulham, they'd need to beat Palace too because they're not beating Liverpool or Mania. Right, so they would need to beat Burnley <clears throat> this weekend, they would need to beat Fulham, and they would need to beat Palace to be able to have that chance. And I'm not sure they're going to beat all three. 
especially but Burnley is the one I think they'll lose to yeah I think it's not out of the question to think Cardiff takes six points disregarding us like they could beat Palace and Fulham which would then put them on what 34 yeah but the rest of them but couldn't they just easily win Palace Burnley Fulham and end up at 37 points and if Brighton are at 36 with the three draws right then that would be it but you just it's, that's, that's why the Brighton Cardiff game is so important because there's just so much to go but I'm going to go with Cardiff so that's that I think Cardiff are going to go down purely based on them being bad not as good so onto something a little bit less depressing <laughs> Champions League now the Champions League first round of the quarterfinals just happened mm-hmm. they just finished up this uh this just Wednesday just gone. Um, and we're going into the second leg, and the home team is on the left, so they will be the team at home in the next round. So it'll be Juventus at home to Ajax, which is currently 1-1. Barcelona at home to Manchester United, currently 1-0 up Barcelona. Porto at home to Liverpool, who are 2-0 down. And City at home to Spurs, with Spurs having a 1-0 lead from Son's goal late on. And the way it's going to work is... It's aggregate score, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, <clears throat> for this part of the prediction, I want you to predict who's going to go through from the quarterfinals and then the eventual winner of all of it. Okay. So, Juventus at home to Ajax. Who you got? Juventus. Okay. I have a lot of faith in that ball. Yeah, unfortunately for me, I'm going to go Juve too. Um, Excuse me, uh, I had Ajax and you, there you go. Purely because uh, big game Ronaldo will probably do something to seal the win. So my thought is that Juventud Guerrero was an absolute mess, and I'm figuring he's going to run off eventually on Juventus. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> someone who doesn't know wrestling or soccer thinks that there's a player named Juventud Guerrero, and that's <laughs> And he plays for Juventus. Yeah, and he plays, just happened to. He's the owner. Automatic bid to get in. He's a player coach. So next up, we have Barcelona, who are hosting Manchester United at Barcelona, and Barca have a 1-0 lead. I gotta go Barca. Yeah, I'm going Barcelona too. Me too. Uh, I think Solskjaer has done an incredible job at United, Mm -hmm. but not that good of a job to pin back a lead at the... Yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not that good. Uh, he's just something else. Well, they're still fighting for the bid to get in next year's Champions League. Yeah, right. So I feel like that'd be the priority for Manchester fans, even especially one 0 down now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if they took a lead and going into or going in even new camp, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, FC Porto, plucky Porto, host Liverpool. I would love... With a 2-0 lead. I would love to see Porto pull it out, just because it would be wonderful and super fun. It would not going to happen. Liverpool <laughs> is going to get the win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if Porto even scores. Uh, last year, I believe they both met in the quarterfinals, and it ended 5-0 to Liverpool, I think, on aggregate. So, no, I would probably wouldn't gamble on Porto scoring a goal either. Um, I'm going to say Liverpool go through consensus 
final match, and this is probably going to be the most interesting one with both the current score and what happens next. Uh, quadruple chasing Manchester City host Tottenham, and Tottenham have a one 0 lead. Fun fact: Pep Guardiola's Manchester City has never beaten an English team in the Champions League in any leg of football. I think Man City wins this game 2-1, but Spurs win on, uh, on away, g- goal. away goals. Woo. <laughs> okay, what a heartbreak. <laughs> uh, give me City. Or give you death. I'm going with City too. I think, I think the quadruple is probably well and truly on. Unfortunately, I'm hoping Liverpool are the ones that ruin it in the Premier League because I'm not sure anyone can stop them anywhere else. So I'm going to go with City as well. And who's your eventual winner? Liverpool. Dang. I'm going to go. So with you've got them. You've got them doing the double. Both of you have them doing the double, the league and Champions League double. Yeesh. Should have gone AX. That what would what a disappointment. That'd be, what a disappointment to everybody involved. <laughs> Barcelona, City, and Liverpool all just losing out to. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've got all English teams winning it. And I can't even say there's bias because you're both American. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um, FA Cup final. This is a very important one for our friend Kyle. As Watford are in the final. Yeah. Uh, City. Manchester City. <laughs> My heart. And not because it's Watford. But, I mean, yeah, because it's Watford, yeah. actually. My heart really wants to say Watford, but I'm not that dumb. <laughs> Man City's going to win that. But I'll be, I'll be watching and crying. I mean, I think Watford scores in like the first ten minutes, and then just get battered like three to one. The rest <laughs> of the match. I mean, if you watch the semi-final this week, like we played the perfect game for all ninety minutes. We were just undone by a literal piece of magic, yeah, like that you can't defend against. You can play the perfect game and still get beat by City. You've just got to hope that they don't produce that piece of magic. That's all you've got. Which is. That's all you've got. You can only game plan, play perfectly with zero errors, and hope they don't pull something out of the bag anyway. Yeah, at best, Watford tries to get in a shootout, and I don't think they can. No, no, Watford is not built for a shootout, really. They're built more than Brighton was, the way Brighton played. But that's because Brighton was doing every hedging every bet that they could I, the, the yeah, whole, the whole I don't line. trust any, t- any time that Watford gets into a shootout-style match. Doesn't. Yeah. Brighton came with a plan. Their plan was to play very defensively, and when they do hit them on the counter, win set pieces and hope Don Duffy or Murray can get on the end of one. And they came bloody close from a couple of set pieces. Not close enough. But I can't see Seed doing it anything but big. I don't... Like, like you got those guys, Don Duffy, that are really good off of set pieces. They're big dudes that can... Yeah. I don't think that we have that. We got Deeney, who up front was big and physical. We'll see how that yes. works. Uh, but that's not our bread and butter. It's going to be rough. Yeah, it's not going to be great. I feel for you. 
Hey, you know what? We made it this far. <laughs> we came. We we were the ones that came before you. We're one of the bodies littered <laughs> in his wake. <laughs> God, yeah, that's my we understand. Um, and to add a little bit of extra spice and a, a room for differences, uh, first goal scorer. Who's your choice for first goal scorer in the Man City Watford final? Aguero. Sterling. Well, mine was going to be one of those two, too. So, To be um, fair, uh, it's one of the only names I know on Man City. So I'm just <laughs> Mine was also going to be Sterling, and I'm going with Sterling. Uh, I think he will be the one who scores it. And Well, I, I, I just lied. I said Watford was going to score first, and then Man City. So let me change mine. You go with own goal, Sterling? <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. It'd be really weird if Sterling scored an own goal. Why, people, why, yeah. why is he back there? <laughs> yeah, let me, yeah, let me... It's not even like you can say he was defending a That's, that's why, that's why I'm going to change mine <laughs> by going through... Uh, let me get the Watford uh, team up real quick. <laughs> and... Um, just real. Uh, I'm gonna pick the keeper to score. <laughs> um, Delafeu. I'm gonna say is the first score. How do you spell Delafeu? D E U L O F. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having a hard time. Yeah. All right, Sam. So just in case there is a tiebreaker, we're gonna go even more in depth. Minute the first goal scored. Nine. I'm going to say it's like 17. I'm going to go with 66. I'm going to say you drag it out. And then, oh. and then get nailed just as they... They'll probably bring on a sub or two that will just screw you like Fernandinho did to us. And then, oh. then it will all be over. So if it happens in the 13th minute, um, who gets that point? Me, because you overshot. This yes. isn't the price is right. Yeah, it is. Yes, that's exactly what would happen. You overshot it. These rules are... You overshot it at 17. No, no, it overshot you. You know you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Kyle's right. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> Marty's Give me 16. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. The predictions are in. Uh, we have a couple of people having Liverpool uh, do the double. We have a couple of people having City win everything, like me. And, uh, you don't have City winning everything. You have them losing to, to Liverpool. Oh yeah, in the Champions League. Good. The, I really. Uh, what a mess. And thankfully, in the relegated column, there is zero Brighton over Albion. So let's hope we at least which, get. One which means they're right. almost definitely going to get it now. <laughs> let's hope we get one thing right. So we can all sit here going, "We just didn't see it coming." We uh, <laughs> thank you for discussing. Listen, today. There's another little question out there. I don't think we've got enough time for that. Oh. We'll do that at the end of the season. I think okay. they were they were my if I have enough time. And I don't think we do. So. Okay. Yeah, we're at uh, 23 minutes. So, so we'll call it a day there. Okay. And we will take a look at them more in depth at the end. All right. All right. I didn't even see what the question was, so I'm excited to learn uh, what it is. Um, now let's get to uh, the finals of the sports nickname tournament. Uh, yes. For those who are first-time listeners, go listen to the issue before this. We did a 32-team Tournament, uh, the most ridiculous or fun or best or strongest, however you want to judge it, uh, sports team nickname tournament. And we had a final four, and it was Josh's idea uh, for us to throw the votes to the public to see um, who advances to the finals, and that's what we're about to debate. 
So the voting, um, I was worried about getting a certain amount of votes or any votes because the 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 podcast feed is not exactly uh, popping. Right, we're still new. I get it. Um, so Josh also put one of the polls on his personal one, and then I also went to Reddit to a subreddit called Thread Games and said blindly vote on these two outcomes. And I assigned one and two for one of the matchups and then A and B for the other matchups. Those matchups were the uh, Binghamton Rumble Ponies versus the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes. Which I will say, in in advance, I feel sorry for whoever makes it to the final because people just don't seem to care about those two teams. They really don't. (laughs) Um, And they're going up against the uh, winner of the KV Michelin Crappers. against the Hartlepool United Monkey Hangers. Um, which also, if this sounds weird, go back and listen to the other episode. Early on in the tournament, we explained the origin of that name. And it's a wonderful story. And it's a very, very cool story. Um, that'd be issue number 16 for anyone who can't just subtract by one. Um, <laughs> the interesting part about the Reddit votes is it was absolutely worthless because there were eight votes for... The Royal Ponies, eight votes for the Artichokes. Eight votes for the Monkey Hangers, eight votes for the Crappers. Oh, good. Completely useless. And I made a yeah, mistake. Yeah, pumps the numbers at least. Yeah, well, and I did two, yeah, I did two B and uh, two A, you know, and as a different kind of choices or whatever, and people doing the two B or not to be bit was exhausted. I was about was to a, do that a, right there. It was a poor, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that it didn't win just from the amount of times you saw it. Uh, the other Rumble Ponies and Artichokes poll that even got voted on, uh, Artichokes won out um, by one vote. And on the Trebuchet account, at Sports Trebuchet, uh, the Crappers won out against the Monkey Hangers by five votes. Um, the Monkey Hangers won out by two votes in Josh's poll, four to two. So, our finals are the KV Michelin Crappers that had a 21 votes beating out Hartlepool Monkey Hangers by three versus the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes who had a total of 11 votes. Well, let's just shout out Hartlepool. It's the closest they'll ever come to a semifinal. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to have a lot of respect for the effort that they made and the sheer balls of hanging a monkey. So... Putting it on trial, and I think we can all yeah, agree that at least they offered it a fair and just. We can call. all agree uh, in our hatred for the French and their chimps. Frankly, <laughs> um, so they are one and the same. I think KV Michelin Crappers, uh, I believe, without pulling it up, was the one seed out of the world region. I think I so. so. Um, and the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes might have been like a five seed. Okay. Uh, they were a lower seed for sure because they were the surprise. Because Gooey Ducks was the one seed that y'all just shit all over. Looks like a dick. Yeah, Gooey Dick. So they're kind of they're kind of the Cinderella story here. And I just the Crappers versus the Fighting Artichokes is um, I picture the Fighting Artichokes in kind of the Avengers role here, and the Crappers is the Thanos. So really, it depends on how you guys want to vote. Uh, who do y'all want to win, Thanos of the Avengers? Because um, this is our end game of the nickname tournament. And we're deciding it right now. We are deciding it right now. Because we know we're not going to get the votes. <laughs> as soon as someone sees artichokes, they're out. They just assume it's about food. 
<laughs> it's also a community college, which is also incredibly funny. That <laughs> they thought. Uh, now, if they like, win, not... do we send some kind of written notification to either team if they win? I think that I, we need to. I do believe we should. <laughs> we should, and um, with a trophy. We do have a follower from uh, that's a KV Michelin Crappers fan that saw the poll and followed the account. Uh, so if they are listening, both ways. if they are listening, they probably understand us because everyone in Europe knows a lot of languages and it's very impressive. The Belgians know like four different languages, so they definitely understand us. Do they understand the concept of a fighting artichoke, though? Uh, and the, I mean, the I'm sure they know it. what an artichoke is, and that they know what fighting is. So I would assume <laughs> it'll be just fine. Give it some arms. It was a Dutch team, right? KV Michelin was a Dutch Belgian. team. Belgian. Belgian. Okay, why I said so the Belgians are good. So I'm going to look at the Belgian word for. <laughs> the Belgians are good. <laughs> I approve of the Belgians. So there's not a Belgian translation for artichoke it's really given me. It just kind of keeps going to French, which they probably also understand. They, they do speak uh, both French and uh, Dutch. So an artichoke so. is an artichot. Artichot. Here, I can play it, actually. You know what? I hope you completely butchered it. Artichoke. Yeah. Artichoke. Art show. I was pretty cool. I was pretty close. Okay. I'm going with the KV Michelin Crappers. Which is only a bummer because I think I could get Scottsdale Community College to at least add us back if we won the award. I, I'm going Scottsdale Community College. Fighting artichokes all the way. Give me a food that wants to beat people up. I In love Dutch, it. it's also known as Artichokverte. Oh. You're welcome. Thanks. Bless no you. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> and it's down French, to you. It's in French. It is known as. Wait for it. I just played it. It's even, but you didn't put fighting. Oh. Combat artichoke. Combat artichoke. Combat <laughs> <laughs> Really felt confident at the beginning, and it lost. Um. So do you vote for your fellow uh, European, or do you vote, I mean, I know you're against the EU in general, so, uh, or do you vote for our buddy Jack in Arizona, who definitely knows somebody that attended Scottsdale Community College, almost certainly. In fact, he may have attended Scottsdale Community College. Very possible. On one hand, you have the artichokes, right? On the other hand, you have the crappers. Now, artichokes make you piss yellow, right, and smell. Am I correct? That's asparagus. Asparagus. Asparagus? Well, I need to go back to the drawing board on the reasoning behind this. But the artichokes are a bit of a shit name anyway, right? But the fact they are a vegetable and they fight. Strong. Like, it is. It's like Tyson Fury on cocaine. A fighting vegetable. (laughs) I think I've told you this story before, and this might tilt your uh, opinion. I had a manager that I worked for um, named Jamie, and he was... A pretty nice guy, but he was kind of a fake tough guy. Okay. Um, and he always said that his nose got messed up because he used to box when he was young. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but his nose had this very weird kind of dent to it, and it was a little bit crooked. And all the um, Mexican cooks in the back used to call him Artichugo, uh, <laughs> basically calling him Artichoke Face. <laughs> because of his boxer-related uh, injury of his nose. So that if that helps uh, either context, since 
you've lost the piss smell <laughs> the piss smell comparison so I'm looking up their campuses or their respective uh, buildings um, as well to see if I can be swayed by the sheer majesticness of them um, and I've got to be honest with you it's really only one winner in that uh, debate so here is Scottsdale Community College and I'm sure that the residents of Scottsdale Community College and students will agree that it's Pretty futuristic for a community college. That looks fantastic. That's wonderful, right? Good for them. Good for them. It looks like a museum. It does look a bit like a museum. Um, This, however, uh, really just looks a lot like Bobby Roon's theme song. Glorious. That is Michelin's... uh, City Hall? City Hall. Pretty badass, too. So no one lives there? That's a workplace? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I believe... For anyone interested in looking at home, it's spelled M-E-C-H-E-L-E-N. Well, I think that that's not fair, though. We're we're comparing the home of the Fighting Artichokes against an entire city's best building. Okay, so the biggest question is, do you want um, to crap in an old Belgian castle? Or do you want to eat artichokes in a museum-looking building in the middle of the desert? I absolutely want to shit in a Demolition Castle. I don't trust the plumbing, so no. Um, I was always going to I vote don't trust for the plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> I was always going to vote for the crappers, so I really just dragged it out to continue. So the crappers have won. The crappers uh, were sham. Congratulations. Just because there was clearly a more... Uh, uh, look, uh, the will of the people no. is the most important. The people's no. is the most important. We no. listen to the people at Sports Trebuchet. Wrong. Crappers means crappers, all right, and they're the winners. I will, um, I will make a shirt. Uh, this says crappers means crappers. Crappers means crappers. Is it like facts or facts? <laughs> no, it's associated with Brexit means Brexit. Uh, and any English listener will probably appreciate the meme slightly more. Well, we do have a few uh, English listeners. We also have German downloads and French downloads. Oh, we do have French downloads. In which case, Jesus. they'll probably like it too downloads. because yeah, Britain, is, <laughs> Britain is the laughing stock of Europe right now anyway, so they'll enjoy it. <laughs> they do, they don't. They do, they don't. Um, <laughs> flip-flops more than Clinton. There uh, you go. American politician. And you wouldn't get it. Uh, flip-flops more than John Kerry was of our time. There was, there was an old presidential candidate. Um, I've heard of him, though. Have you? He was, was a guy. Think, yeah, he was a dude. When did he run? He before. ran against Bush the second term. Was it? 04? Yeah, so '04. Gotcha. Um, and it was. I don't remember any of his policy. I just remember him being called a flip flopper. But I've definitely it. heard of him. Definitely heard of him. John Kerry is also a very average name. Bang average. Bang average indeed. Congratulations, KV Mitchell and Crappers. Uh, I'll be getting in touch. Yeah, we'll be we'll be at you. Uh, thank you, Kyle and Texas, for putting together this tournament. That was a lot of fun. Um, and we'll probably look to do another tournament coming down the way. Uh, we'll just figure out what it is. Yeah. He might be involved. He might not be. Hi, my name is Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And we are the hosts of a statistics and sports podcast called Juicing the Numbers. We cover the NFL, college football, MLB, and the NHL with anything that we like to talk about in between. If you like sports and the numbers behind it, come check out our show, Juicing the Numbers, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at JuicingPOD. Do you want to talk about WrestleMania weekend? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so, everybody uh, who's listening that heard our 
episode before last, uh, which is issue number 15, we did an entire WrestleMania preview. Um, and we're not going to go over whether we were right or wrong, because honestly, I didn't keep score. Yeah. We were all winners. We're all winners, because um, this WrestleMania weekend was fucking fan. Fantastic. Wonderful. So, uh, do you want to start with the NXT TakeOver just yeah. briefly? We jump into WrestleMania and then yeah. we'll touch on a little bit of Raw and SmackDown because it's that wasn't the best. worth mentioning. Yeah. But I do have a really interesting point in there that I want to bring up um, when we get there. Yeah. So, NXT TakeOver uh, New York, there were five matches. I'm going to list them off. We can pick where we want to talk. Okay. okay. They were all fucking fantastic. They really they were. were. Uh, so, we had. Tags, you did. It was. So, I watched like the final belly the last night. It was really, really good, but I think everybody knew who was going to win. Yeah. Was, yeah, that was the biggest difference out of all of it. So we had the War Raiders uh, retain the NXT, NXT Tag Team Titles against Ricochet and Alistair Black. Uh, then we had the Velveteen Dream retaining the NXT North American Title against Matt Riddle. That was fucking great. Yes, it was. Uh, Matt Riddle started working heel midway and kind of doing like yeah. the shoot fighting thing. Um, had y'all ever seen a Matt Riddle match before WWE? No, no. Okay, I've seen so, highlights. So I don't. I don't ever seen probably like five, five total matches, and that's a mix between like PWG and another indie that I saw some, um, some on it. And he's. I already knew he was good. He's great. But the bro gimmick, I never thought would work in WWE, and it's and working it's fantastic. So well. Especially because um, I didn't think it was going to work until this match, especially because I didn't know where that turn was. Right. Like, the goofy guy. Like, what they tried to do with No Way Jose, where he was, like, fun, goofy, whatever. And then you disrupt him, and he gets super angry, and he starts throwing punches. And it's like, okay, cool. There's a two-second dimension here. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle was fan-fucking-tastic. And And it helps when you have a great dance partner, like like Velveteen Dream. That's what my next point was going to be, was Velveteen Dream is basically... the, the bigger Johnny Gargano. You can't have a bad match with Yeah, Velveteen Dream is the future of the company. Absolutely. There is nobody else on NXT that is going to be as big as Dream. And you can only hope right that now. they view him the same way, which I think they've got. You've got to. His charisma's out the... It's part of the reason I think the they're keeping him away from the NXT title because that's naturally the next step is the main roster and they want to keep him... To keep NXT afloat. Not to mention he's he's really, really young, so he's got years left in his... Right, yeah. He's like 24, 25 at this point. I think Triple H also appreciates the the long build and does not want to risk Vince vetoing him. Yeah. Uh, So he's probably working on putting together such a resume that he can't deny Dream. Well, and the the gimmicks... Personally, I think that that could be an idea too. The gimmicks also take in a bunch of different... Angles. It's not just straight like, "Hey, I'm Prince," um, he but in wrestler form. Yep. Yeah. The next match was uh, the NXT UK Championship match, where Pete Dunne's incredibly long reign was ended by Walter. Uh, that's another one where I'd only ever seen Walter work maybe once. I've only. This is the first time I've seen him work. Yeah, and... I saw him as a tag team, so I didn't see a whole bunch, but his chops, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed. My wife made a shout that he looks like uh, Gomer Pyle from Full Metal Jack. <laughs> I can see that. The chubby guy that killed himself. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, uh, he made Pete Dunne look incredibly human. And Pete Dunne's n- always sold but never looked weak until he right. got to like the 20th minute in that match. And Walter was just fucking incredible, man. Um, it was a great match. It was really fun. Yeah, and someone explained. I saw on Twitter Walter's gimmick is basically he's a he 
time travel from the 1950s because he's just like he doesn't look exceptional he just kind of looks imposing he kind of has like the weird euro part but like with this weird head shape it's kind of tough yeah. to tell but he's he's number three now in wwe that if i ran into him in an alley i'd be fucking scared yeah i want him to be in brock and samoa uh i'd take brock out because i don't consider him He's an actual fighter. I'm picturing. Right. I mean, like that sounds. I mean, weird. that's bad. No, we've already seen the the best way to do it is just give him a low blow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kick him in the dick. dick. <laughs> um, the next match was uh, a tomato at that point. <laughs> Shayna Baszler, uh, Baszler, Baszler, retaining the NXT Women's Championship in a fatal four way with Bianca Belair, uh, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane. Probably the most unremarkable match of the night. Yeah, I and it's no fault it. of theirs. Yeah, probably. That yes. that's that that was the. Product of having a very, it was an exceptional yeah paper without seeing any of the Walter or Pete Dunn build, um, but seeing every other build, including like three weeks for um, the next match, Gargano and Cole, it had the most uninspiring build because it's kind of still uh, Shayna and her her buddies beating up people. It's yeah. just, it's not. Well, it, it, it kind of comes down to, I still just don't see anybody that I feel is going to take the title off of Shayna. Well, and that's, that's, I think the first thing I said to either the, our group chat or specifically to one of y'all, but it was, I'm, I was upset that Shayna won, not because she won, but because it's clear that no one's ready to take her reign, um, because she's main roster ready. Yeah. Yes. As she hell. Um, yeah. And I don't think Bianca can carry the women's vision. I think talent-wise, Kyrie and Io can. I don't think people see them as that yet. No, um, not so. Io will get there soon. A little bit of a jump ahead to what happened on SmackDown when Paige showed up and said she was bringing a tag team with her next week. Have you heard the rumor on who this could be? No, um, but if I had to guess, it was going to either be um, the Japanese ladies with Kyrie and Io. That's who it is. That's, is it that's, first, or is that that's, what that's being the rumor. Reported? That's the rumor is that... That they're the ones that are going to come out. God, that's horrifying. Because they're going to... Bringing them up so soon is a lot. I'm surprised. And it's only and only because we've seen how great uh, Asuka's gotten at talking since being with the company now for three years. I know Kyrie's getting there. I don't think EO is anywhere knows near. almost anything. And and, 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 it, and it sounds silly because I also saw um, someone mention that like Chewbacca and R2-D2 you can't understand, but they're one of the most popular characters in Star Wars, right? So it's not like that's they the need, need to talk necessarily. That, and that's the other thing. Paige is going to be their manager. That's actually... She's going to be their mouthpiece. Talk about a different look from the last two girls she brought up, though. <laughs> I mean, what's happening with them? We haven't seen them since yeah, I, Mania either. I, like, I, I have no idea. Mandy I'm, and Sonya are both fantastic. Sonya more so, in my mm-hmm. opinion, like, especially in the ring. She's just... She is natural. Champion ready. Yeah. She is so good. She's um, she's watered she's down Matt Riddle at worst. In she's made leaps and bounds in this past year. Yep. I just... Because yeah. she finally dropped the Jersey Devil gimmick, which is super stupid. But I think the other thing with the Shayna thing that you were saying, like, they have people, I think, are ready to take over. They're just being put in other spots. So I think Rhea Ripley could win that strap and run the division. Or Tony Storm. But she ain't ready, and she's only NXT UK. And the champ on NXT UK is Tony Storm. Like, both of those could come over and realistically beat Shayna. See, I saw saw rumored that uh, Candice LeRae would potentially be one of those people to be with Paige. They get called up. Mm. It doesn't fit the mold of, like, the image of Paige being a badass. 
but Candice LeRae has hardly wrestled at all in NXT, and yeah, I can only imagine that either they're, they're, they're buying time with it, um, or she's just main roster ready, which I think she is. I also saw a rumor of um, yeah. the shakeup maybe bringing Rhea, Rhea Ripley over. If Rhea Ripley comes Because up. she's a former champion. Can we get a... a, a, a pass with happiness. Can we get a trio of Rhea Ripley, Lacey Evans, and Charlotte Flair, and they just... <laughs> they're just like... The uh, the three blondes that rule the world and just fucking destroy everybody. All right, continuing. Um, but go ahead, make your point. One last thing. I didn't mean to thinking about it. No, no, no. What you just said about Ray Ripley potentially being one of the ones at NXT that Paige calls over. She hasn't got a strap, and she's on NXT UK. So no one's gonna see it. Paige is from the UK. Yeah, like she could go. These are my. This is my homegrown talent. These are the ones I'm picking, and she goes with her and a and other. That'd be so Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, we we'll find know. out next week. But do you think Tegan Knox is? Right? They're they're probably. She uh, she just tweeted yesterday, funnily enough, that she just for the first time in a long time she squatted more than her own body weight, so she hey. is not fully ready. But I push she probably will back. be by the time for the next classic for it to knack her at third knee. Uh, I think <laughs> if she does. I think if she doesn't get hurt, she's probably who beats Shayna at that NXT that we watched. Because I think they keep her on that brand. Who? Tegan Knox. If she hadn't gotten gotcha. hurt, that's where I think where she, the end game would have been. Could well have been. Yeah. Um, the last match uh, was a 38-minute, 25-second uh, match. Two out of three falls uh, for the vacant NXT championship because of uh, Tommaso's injury. And Johnny Gargano uh, defeated Adam Cole. What a barn burner of a match. <laughs> Loved it. It reminded me of... The old Jericho Malenko matches when they were simply just countering each other for 15 minutes. And it was just, it was insane. It was great. It was a perfect match before all the run in and gaga shit, right? And then that happened, and it just goes, you know, fucking WWE, leave it to them to do this fuck finish. Uh, with Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley hitting the um, yeah the upper I don't know what they call that I know what you mean it's yeah. called like the up down or some shit thing um, the up, up down down yeah yeah it's the upper downer <laughs> that's definitely one of New Day's moves that um, and and then he still kicks out and I think there's even another one he does the the shining moment of the match for me y'all start actually what was y'all's best, y'all's favorite part of that match the ending was great when when he finally got the uh, uh, the what the Gargano what the hell do they call his submission the Gargano escape yeah gets that on him and not a true fan and yeah, sorry uh, <laughs> and uh, Adam Cole's reaching for the ropes and he rolls him over gets the tap right reminiscent of the Bailey Sasha first mm-hmm. Brooklyn yeah big big uh, big match Josh what about you for me it was all the false finishes I'm normally not someone who gets too invested in false finishes because they've done it to death. But they just sold it so fucking well. Yeah. Like I believed every finish was the the end, especially when they ran in when the interview era came in, and it was just like, oh well, shit. They, okay. they they gave you five formulas that we've all seen play out a million times, and they executed them perfectly, and then didn't go a quarter of a second he kicks out. Yep. And you're just after a while, it's just like, 
like you said, you were standing up and almost hiding behind the couch because you didn't know what the fuck you Yeah, like, <laughs> still, like I thought the match was finished 10 minutes before it was done. <laughs> like, I just assumed that I knew the WWE formula enough and they went back to basics and did, and I'm even happier that they did the tap out. Like, his submission, his finisher is a submission, have him fucking tap. Yeah. And they actually did. It. And, so. I mean, that it's kind of reminiscent of the Velveteen Dream and Gargano match from, uh, from uh, the, know, the one mean, around the Royal North American. Yeah, the one around the Rumble where they were doing false finishes and I was yeah. actually standing up in my living, living room, like, super invested in false finishes. Right. At, at Gargano is the is common equator. Yeah. Common equator. Yeah, I mean, he's my fave down in NXT. Uh, my he has fa- been for a while. My favorite spot was probably when Gargano was fighting the three guys outside. Uh, Roddy, Bobby, and Kyle Riley. And, and he does that crazy ass spin. From and he does basically like from Iron Man 3, like a headlock spin and kick off two guys. Uh, and it actually looked natural and not like just and good yeah. it was it looked fucking great and I and I, I made Sarah watch it <laughs> my wife I was just like hey check this shit out because I've never seen it look like this before and not feel like I think it was Roderick Strong was carrying him the whole way it felt like it was weighted right yeah. um overall uh and the scene at the end with Ch- Champa coming out yeah it was cool it was the proper like full circle like yeah. with yeah, come full set. And and they and they're going to make a figure eight at some point where they start it over again because they've only got a few years of Champa left at best, I think. Yeah, of age, it's, which is fun. And now the injuries. Yeah, yeah. It's similar to Sammy and Kevin, but better, but better told. Right, because they've had so much more time. Better, yeah. t- better told on WWE TV for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because you can't. I mean, you, across like you can't, the course of a life, you can't make, Kevin and Sammy is better because they literally has been their life. But right, yeah, like, it's tough to. Try to make up nine years of booking on the right. indies and yeah. in the and literal human growth together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you can't do that. But yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so WrestleMania 35 uh, was excellent. Um, I'm going to kind of do the same thing if you want to run it down and we stop where we want to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-show, Tony Nese wins a cruiserweight championship. Carmella wins a women's battle royal. Yeah. Quick note: bummer that it wasn't Sarah Logan because I popped. Yeah, for Sarah Logan. yeah. Um, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder win the Raw Tag Team titles. Uh, it's fairly Bur- significant, you know. It's, get- a, it's significant for Kurt. Yeah. Like, finally get off the schneid of yeah. 270 losses or something. And they that. haven't lost yet. Yeah. They're, they've <laughs> won three matches since, right? Or including. They won on yeah. Raw, maybe just two. Yeah. Either way, it's still huge. Yeah. Um, and then Braun Strowman winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal by yeah. throwing um, Colin, Colin Jost. Uh, over the ropes. It was kind of a fart and fall down, kind of. It was, uh, honestly, the therapy spot was really, really funny. Okay. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, then that is yeah. remarkable. The rest of it was pretty unremarkable. Um, the main show started, uh, and we started off with Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. So you can't thank, get a first step that's better than that. Thank fucking God. Uh, if if you're interested in listening to our other episode, we can kind of tell you now that's one of the things that was on our wish list because yep. everyone's ready for Brock to not hold the title. And just to go. Yeah, just to get out. Um, or at least just not be holding it hostage. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, It'd be such a focal point of everything. Completely worthless match. Um, oh, yeah. But it did what it needed to do, right? Uh, yeah, totally unremarkable. Fast and Furious. Um AJ Styles. Styles. Their matches. Yeah. Well, 
Lesnar has had some incredible Lesnar, Lesnar Bryan yes. was real good. Lesnar okay. Bryan was intense. Lesner, AJ Styles and Lesnar was very good. Lesnar Balor was secretly pretty great too. Yeah, that was yeah. Fast and Furious. I yeah, that was. That's the way he works. Unless it's he can stupid. pull off great matches if he wants to. It's just he's so temperamental in real life as to whether he can be fucked with a feud or not. That right. like he's that's why you can't have him having a pelt. It depends like if he likes the risk. Guy. It's truly, I think, the yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. And, and he thinks he's good enough. That yeah. too. Like, it seems he like thinks... he likes working with smaller guys. And the smaller guys sell for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, because he knows he can just sell for them and then do one move and he's done. You know what yeah, I mean? Instead yeah. of like him and Braun where they were just beating each other's ass for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then it was like one weak ass. Breaking uh, faces. F5. Um, Edge Styles beats Randy Orton. Uh, good, solid match. Unremarkable yeah. for relevance. Yes. It is remarkable in another way. I don't know if you saw it all over the internet. Uh, both Randy and AJ have issued apologies to the fans. Um, the WWE's production lighting was so poor in that match that half the stadium didn't see anything in it. Is that the thing where people in the back of the bowl were getting the light shine? So Not just the back. There was people who were in the second tier, like the ones up yeah, from the floor level that have pictures posted that they couldn't see shit either. And they were almost ring level and they couldn't see anything because these sets of lights that were just blinding them. And wow. it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, oh, you had to squint. Like, you could not see a thing for the entirety of the Is that why when Randy did the RKO on Tuesday that he was doing the, the light shining in my eyes bit? Oh, did maybe. Did you see that? Yeah, no, I yeah, he did that. Um, yeah, because I saw that on, on uh, Squared Circle on Reddit, and I didn't understand the bit at all. Yeah, and if you actually go back and watch it, because I watched, like, little bits of it to see, because I was just bored and I had the time. Like, and they were saying, like, the fan reaction was so off-kilter. Because, like, certain people were watching it on the screen, and, like, it was so weird. Like, oh, wow. and you watch it back, and, like, you had it pretty quiet, right? Because we were talking on it, like, right. just chatting away. Yeah. Like, it is really, it's a bizarre atmosphere for a match. I mean, it certainly didn't it sound great... like it was a hot crowd for it. Because they couldn't see it. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> they weren't sure what they were going to be hot for. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Usos retained the SmackDown Tag Team titles against The Bar, Rusev and Shinsuke, and Ricochet and Aleister Black. Your normal four, I feel like they've done that match um, or a variation of it in the last four months once a week. Well, every other week. Every other week we've got Ricochet and Aleister Black in a four-way or a three-way tag yeah. match. And no, it's it, every week, twice a week. Yeah. And, and, and the, one thing, the one thing I <laughs> like... i something to say about so that. <laughs> I'll always pop for the, um, the train of finishers where it's just one after another, after another, after another. Uh, but we were talking when we were watching it. We were all watching it together, and um, the two minute or so the swing. swing by Cesaro, with Seamus battering anybody that got on the apron, was something that I went back and rewatched. And it's so fucking. It's great. great. It was fun. It's great. It was that, that was a fun spot. Um, it's also like that move alone. Well, we'll, we'll cover it when we get to Raw. Um, Shout out for the Usos white hoodies. Oh, they Usos look looking so they looked real good. I oh, also, I shout out to Gargano for uh, an NXT for, for the, the Iron Man, Man stuff. Inspired yeah. stuff. That was awesome. Yeah. It's the, he was in the end He's game. game. Yeah. Uh, Shane McMahon defeated The Miz in a match that I missed half of because I was putting my kid to bed, but it sounded like it was just a an old school hardcore match where they were just running through the crowd until they got to the spot. It was real right? fun it was watching him. It was, it was real it fun was, watching uh, Mrs. Yeah. Dad try to step in front of yeah, Shane. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Dad coming into the ring was absolutely hilarious. I saw a picture of his hands up. 
Oh, Shane, Shane was trying to te- Shane was trying to teach him how to hold his hands up. <laughs> yeah, so his so his dad comes in to intervene on behalf of Miz. Uh, it was when he got him onto the announcer's table and was going to do his elbow off the turnbuckle bit, right? And his dad came out of the crowd and was like, "No, whatever." He got off of the ropes and he got into the ring and put his fists up, and then Shane like helped him out to uh, to yes. put his fist in the right place, and then what like kicked him into the turnbuckle or something. Oh, like and then Shane just laid into him, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then Miz predictably jumped into the ring, and everything from then was basically a Miz squash. Like right. Miz just rich, like ripped him apart until he lobbed him off the top of that thing. That was uh, and lost in an insane lost, spot. Yeah. Uh, I don't look. I don't look. I don't look forward to an episode that's probably a few years away from right now, where we're um, talking about our favorite Shane McMahon memory because he's dead. <laughs> from doing shit like this, it's fucking, he's like suicidal. Oh, we we made we've made the joke where I just assume he's got terminal something his, and he's just trying to get it all out. <laughs> his kids, you know, most kids love Christmas, but Christmas starts the long slog towards WrestleMania where your dad throws yeah. something up. Yeah, there's yeah, there's they know that there's after Christmas there's four times that Shane Man's gonna come near death and uh, and he's <laughs> laughing in the face of it every time. <laughs> the uh, the iconics defeat. The Boston Hug Connection, the Divas of Doom, uh, and Nia Jax and Tamina for the WWE Women's Tag Team. That was a really fun moment. It's really cool uh, for them. I wanted them to probably win more than anybody, just from what makes sense. I, I hate the Sasha Bailey team, frankly, uh, and Beth Phoenix isn't gonna probably make a comeback really. No, for a there's no run. reason for it, for it to. Nia and Tamina would have been nice, if only because it would have made me think we would have got another face win. Like, that's what I'm thinking. But I think Iconics are viewed as heels in mm-hmm. large, because, yeah. because but they're like comedy heels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, I think, not only that, but Tamina arguably shouldn't probably be in a ring for anymore. Yeah, like, it all just—it good... all just went wrong from her from the work. Like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for yeah. her in her entire career. numerous injuries. It's almost like she got cursed from her father killing somebody. Almost getting like, away with something it. strange like that. Um, uh, but I, th- I think she probably shouldn't step foot in a ring again. I think she should just she she was on the main card of WrestleMania in a title match. Take the W of having that experience and bounce. She's like what early forties at this point. Yeah, like, Beth Phoenix five years at uh, junior. Like just give just go. Of if you want to get into training, do it. Well, I'm not sure who I trust you to train. <laughs> that's that's my thing. I'm cool with her playing an Eric Rowan type. If she's muscled, it doesn't get involved that much because she has actually a really good super kick, and that's kind of fit, yeah, right? Super kick, and, and if if she wants to stay in the business, but yeah, her wrestling yeah. full match or four minutes alone in the ring with somebody is it's rough. And she can't be muscled to Naya because Naya's Naya's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation where she where she fits in the future. Um, moving on, Kofi Kingston, unfortunately, no, uh, defeats Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Moment of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yeah, had the perfect formula for everything. Yeah, they uh, they crushed it in what was I don't think an unremarkable match, but was exactly what it needed to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. They knew they didn't need to steal the show, um, and they didn't want to overshadow the women, I'm sure, because both of them have respect for all of them. Right. So I think they just uh, they went out slowly 
they didn't need to try to steal the show because the story was so built in, the crowd was going to be insanely was, high. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, unfortunately for the women, they had every they had every reason to be the hottest story coming in, but the amount of convoluted bullshit they put in there and just how perfectly everything aligned for Kofi and Brian, like, there's the came. Not to mention spot on the card. It's just the timing. It's spot on the card. people so, were not... They were essentially the 10 p.m. slot on Raw. Yeah. I think it was the timing. Perfect. I think it was a timing thing in terms of those those feuds too, because right. you had one that's been going on for six to well, eight months. Well, yeah, one peak, one night started getting on fire at Survivor Series, and it was too soon. And then and then they every week tried to remind you of it going on. That was yeah. the problem. Where the Elimination Chamber is the beginning of this one of this Coffee Mania by accident, and then they Which were able. Crazy. Yeah, they were to hit every note and. It kind of got old every week. What hurdle does Kofi need to do? But it obviously paid. It came. It but worked. the fans bought in so hard, and the kids especially. And like yes. that's a big market, especially for the new day. Like the yeah. kids, the kids legitimately like thought he was being bullshitted. You know what right. I mean? Like they were pissed. Like that's that's the best part. And it's also <laughs> it's it's also kind of the the catch twenty two. We don't want the authority involved, but that also. That exact story doesn't happen without an authority figure. Yeah, it's that tale of. So it's so frustrating because then it happens and it's like, fuck. They do have a point. They just don't need to be involved. Need to be involved in every Every, time there's a champion. Um, They don't have to be involved in every angle. Yeah, or every face climbing or whatever it might be. Um, Fantastic, really cool scene with the kids too in the ring. And and Xavier legit crying in the ring. Yeah, that was cool. Yep. Well, all the stuff after. Did you see the? it was Chad Gaspard and MVP were watching it, and I had them being filmed while they were watching when they won. MVP started tearing up and everything. That's awesome. It's really, really cool. Awesome. I, think, I think he's the first... He's the first African-American to ever win. Yeah, like 100% African-American. And I think off the boat African, too. I think his... I don't think he is. I think his family maybe is. His, maybe or, his you know, maybe. No, and he might have been born... I think he may have been actually been born in Ghana. Yeah, I'll look it up. He may have been... He may be gone in. I know he always went as gone in, but I don't know whether he well, was not all or not. Well, <laughs> yes, he was. He was born in Kumasi, Ghana. So the first African So he is born. the... Yeah. Like, he is not African-American. He's just African. That's Although maybe he claims himself to be African-American. What the fuck am I to say? But um, yeah. Big moment for him. And it, was it awesome. wasn't just that. Like, it, it was... Obviously, that was hugely significant, right? Because it's the first African yeah. champ. Um, but the amount... He's just the most likable fucker in the locker room. So yeah. everybody wanted him to win regardless of that level of significance. That everybody wanted him to win because he was just a top dude. And the which fact that he's been there well. for eleven years I've, grinding I've, and away. And being a top dude for eleven years. Yeah. No one's got a bad word to say about him for eleven years. So many people you know like that. I think what really benefited him too during the entire bit uh, was the fact that he had Xavier and Big E to basically be his mic. Because he didn't say a whole lot. He wasn't nearly. He wasn't cutting promos every single week. No, he came across as the humble dude that would just that was worshipped by his two buddies. And when he would actually say something, it was extremely powerful because and, and it felt right. It felt real. Right? Real. Yeah. It felt yeah. like it was from the heart. It's real to me, damn it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. Telling was Daniel Bryan that he's afraid of him. You know, yeah. he's you. I'm yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You you know what ends at this at the, the end, end of the story. Of the story because, because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like I've been I've been wanting a new day. Holding a cha- holding a major title for a long time, but I always thought it was going to be Biggie. 
I never thought it was going to be Kofi. Yeah. Like, he, like, if I could have picked one, personally, I would have picked Kofi because he's been around so long. But my brain was like, well, of course it'll be Biggie. He's built like a truck. Yeah. He's a great worker. He's great on the mic. He's everything that WWE wants. Yeah. And no and, problem with it. And Kofi's added in for it. legitimacy. Yeah. And Kofi and Xavier are, are that, are, you know, that you could put the tag straps on them while he holds the big one. Like, yeah. it's not a weird thing to do. But the, the magic... The magic happened. So, uh, and then after that, the best match of the night: Samoa beat Rey Mysterio <laughs> one minute. Um, Agreed. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre and Six a, Styles Meltzer. <laughs> it was in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, Roman Reigns beats Drew McIntyre in a really cut and dry, kind of boring match. It was the classic return from cancer. Yeah, yeah. That the, we yeah, all the time. Story is all this time. See, <laughs> so you had the wettest hair. Yeah, it was, it was remission impossible. <laughs> I didn't think he could do it. Uh, Triple H beat Batista in a no holds barred match. Uh, Triple H's entrance was dumb. I thought with the car, that car in particular. <laughs> Batista's with his car, very cool. Yes, uh, Batista's was very on brand too. Yes. Triple H's was weird. Like, the dude who drove it was just, like, in a t-shirt. Dudes. Like, it's normally, like, they're all decked out in crazy shit, you know, and, like, all the girls, like, Charlotte and Alexa and that were, like, dressed up as that weird shit that year. Yeah. Well, it's, it was the last time someone was on the bike and they were, like, dressed, like, it's all black head it, to toe. It's like Triple H is a werewolf, except every WrestleMania he turns into a leather daddy. <laughs> and the month and a half before that build... The month and a half before, he slowly transitions, where he's like wearing business suit. Then it's like jeans, button up, open blazer, and then it's jeans, leather jacket, almost like a Fortnite battle pass progression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then all of a sudden it turns into heels. <laughs> it turns into jeans, jean vest with leather sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, he, then he just then he, he changes his middle name to Harley Davidson for the month and just gets into it. Uh, and yet he still remains Triple H. A fun, uh, cringy match um, from a moose perspective, just them doing the pliers on the hands and shit like that. Yeah. It was yeah, cool. It, it just felt pointless. That's all it felt. Yeah. It was, it was Batista's last match. It, yeah, that's exactly what it was. They gave him it, and he, he had the story he wanted to be told to go out on his back in the way he wanted. And to the man that he wanted to go out to. Day. Yep. Like he retired, and was it the next day or the day after? He tweeted he was done. Thanks a lot. Yep. I love yep. you all. Peace out. Cool that he had the chance to do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it also helped, similar to Kofi, that he's always been a fucking great guy. Yeah. Because shitheads don't get that opportunity. Right. So. Uh, the next match was Baron Corbin beating Kurt Angle. Um, I've kind of forgot. Yeah, it was a five minute match. I think it was very quick. Barely. Uh, the Demon Finn Balor uh, beat Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental Title. Um, the coolest thing for me, I was mentioning when we were watching it, was that Bobby Lashley put the demon over completely, but he didn't let him go unscathed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was awesome. That was Seeing good. him punish the demon and then the demon getting right back up. And then also that the demon's almost entire moveset was not a Finn Balor moveset. Which has been the thing that's lacked from that character from the get-go. Was it was like, from the minute he got called yeah, up. It was, it was yeah, just yeah. Finn and paint. Yeah, it was right. like, oh, Finn and Paint doing a sling, sh- uh, this, whatever it's called. The sling blade. Sling blade. The sling blade. And then finally, the last match. Got to tie my shoe, man. This thing's killing me. Elias. 
versus John Cena. Oh god, I forgot about Thugonomics. <laughs> was that in between those two matches? Uh, it was sometime in there. Sometime and it was, that was fun. That was a fun little bit, getting Dr. Thugonomics out there. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Me too. Um, and I heard there was a lot of kids that were very confused, that had no idea. <laughs> I was like, no what is this? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Uh, it's like one of those jokes in like Toy Story that the only the adults get. It right. was one of those. It was, it was a nod. <laughs> it was a nod to us. Um, Becky Lynch beat Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair for both the Women's Raw and SmackDown Championship titles. Uh, fantastic match, I, I thought. I thought it was a fun match. It felt, I felt like it was a little rushed. And I think that that was timing. And I also think that the problem that you have, that you're having now with all of the WrestleMania um, main events, is that everybody is completely, utterly exhausted by the end. Yeah, I think that's... Those are hand in hand. I think if this show is this long, but it's 10 p.m. when this is going on, mm-hmm. and it starts at the actual like three, are, yeah, or four, yeah, then I don't think there's that issue. Yeah, uh, and you have an intermission in there or something, you know. I, yeah. I think the timing was definitely part of it. Um, so I felt like the crowd wasn't as hot as I thought it was going to be. I think. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's part of that goes to the finish, tried. though, right? The, the finish was the finish felt rushed. Here's see, I think the finish was perfect because here's what I think. A, I'm happy to see not a finisher win a match. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it helps you continue that story if you want to keep it, right? Yeah. If Ronda does come back or keeps wrestling, then she feels like she was robbed. Because um, she was. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure the shoulder was intentional, by the way. Yeah. I don't think I'm, the shoulder was, but I think the quick... The, oh, I think the finish the, was planned. I yeah, the roll-up finish was, was... I don't think the shoulder itself was supposed to have came off. I think it's because she hasn't been pinned... Ever and she went. She didn't know how to take it. Well. It's yeah. tough to take a move you've never taken before. Yeah, and for and, and you know, and I mean, then we're never going to allow it to tap because that takes it all away. Right. If if Ronda taps to Becky in the middle of the ring, regardless of it being a triple threat, there's no comeback from although, that to one another match. Although it's still it's still weird to see her beat quote unquote clean in the center of the ring. Yeah. Right. Like that was a surprise. So, yeah. Right? I was surprised. I thought they were going to have. If they were going to go whatever, if they weren't going to go Ronda winning it, I thought the other two would pin each other. Or Charlotte, Charlotte or Charlotte or Charlotte Becky. or Becky would yeah. tap or pin the other, or possibly even yeah. But that's what I thought. It, it felt very um, specific, uh, not specific, um, intentionally sloppy. As in, we all don't have our composure together because we fucking hate each other. And that's what I thought was the coolest part about the match, where it was just like, yeah, it did look talk like shit, get fighting. slapped, talk shit, get slapped, get thrown, get punched, like just left and right. Mm-hmm. The problem, like I think you said, was the time thing, right? Yeah. If that happens in the Kofi spot, I don't think there's... I think that the crowd is extremely hot and, right. you know, it's... But we want them to go on last. But also we want to inspire little girls who are no fucking way going to be up at 12.15, yeah. Right, that's so that's that's, 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 that's right. the issue. They need to start just being upfront with the fact that WrestleMania has four main events because they yeah. do. Like Kofi, you can't say Kofi Daniel Bryan wasn't a main event. You can't say that Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, even going on first, wasn't billed in their heads as a main event because we all had four matches, I think, between yeah. us going in there that would have been considered a main event: Triple H, Batista. Yep. The two title matches, all three, t- and the yeah, three title three matches. Main title matches. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could probably sub out maybe Roman Drew 
if you're a huge depends range on where fan. You, yeah, depends yeah. on where you swing. Yeah. And for some people who have been huge angle marks for their whole life too, yeah. will look at that match with Rose Tinted Glasses and see it as a story more than what it actually was. Right. So, um, All in all, uh, best WrestleMania, top to bottom? Combining yeah. NXT with this, it, it was a really, really great weekend. We in, got the last, like, we in the last 10, yeah. 15 years, yes. Like, I'm not going to go back to like Rock Austin levels of mania because I just don't think it's worth... There's not the same products anymore. No, it's not, yeah. but but I, I think in you look at one of those manias, you find some bullshit awesome, like awesome Black... Matches, yeah, I'm you sure. find Savio Vega and um, Los Barricos fighting against the biker gang. Oh, against the DOA. And, like, and it's just like, who the... F- and it's just a bunch of shitty workers. Or, you know, Vega. Mania 17, you have the gimmick Battle Royal, which was fun for what it was, but it was a right. bunch of old dudes forearming each other. It would be a pre-show now. Yeah. You know. Um, so there wasn't much. It's We got an hour and 11 here, so we're going to wrap it up pretty quick. I had a couple notes in Raw SmackDown. Um, I'm going to start listing them. If you want to chime in at all, you can. Uh, I thought it was cool that Elias got interrupted by Undertaker. Um, I know that Elias was excited because I think he wanted it. Yeah. I, I just thought it was weird to bring him, him, just to bring, if you're going to bring Taker... To Mania Weekend to have him just come out of Raw. People thought that he possibly was getting heat for being at StarCast that weekend. Oh. Which is... Which is an AEW run yeah. bit. I also wonder if it was also a point to say that we can we can, we do, can do this without we can do a Mania without Taker, but we're still going to give you him because he's still a legend. Right, and I'm cool with him being an appearance, but not an attraction. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what he was. It was yeah. perfect. I thought... I got totally worked by the fucking unification fight. Really genuinely thought for a little while that they were going to do it. And I was beyond excited and scared. <laughs> because I didn't know... Like what's going to happen to Kofi or Seth. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just we just got the people we wanted and one was going to get taken away. But at the same time, the other one was going to get both. So I was yeah. like... <sighs> so before... I'm going I'm to finish on that note. Um, uh, Lacey Evans appears to be the new challenger for one of the belts. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. Way, way, way overdue with the amount of stupid walkouts she's been doing. Yeah. They were funny, then they got stupid, then they got funny again, and they just peaked at the right time to have a layout. I just think they didn't have an idea, and it is, it's great that they had the gimmick built up that they could just, at any time, they could pop it on. Yeah, you, so. and I mean, the rumors were saying that she was supposed to be a big push the one who faces Asuka at Mania, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was going to be the OG plan, but they didn't trust her enough. So they so kept they, her on... Either that Oscar. or they realized that Oscar wasn't going to have the belt. You know, and... I mean, no, I think that was the last-minute decision because they decided that they weren't confident in, having, in, in having... They ultimately thought that Lacey Evans just wasn't ready for Oscar. Yeah, basically. Nobody's ready for Oscar. <laughs> and um, they didn't trust anybody else to be give a flying fuck about Sonya or Mandy face. Yeah. Because they'd done it every SmackDown, probably. No one, yeah. Bring Naomi out. Six weeks early. Uh, Naomi again. Uh, Lars Sullivan debuted finally. He's got a legend killer gimmick, I think, because he beat up on Kurt Angle and then the Hardys. Um, here for it. Yeah. I'm uh, a little weirded out by I kind of liked when it was just straight red tights. I don't think he needs to have the word the ugly freak. Or, or no, it's Lars. Lars is on one of them. They might have had been two different pairs. I don't think one of them said freak. I think, they um, both, I think it just says Lars. Uh, Paige promises a new tag team. We already discussed that a little bit. Um, Sami Zayn returns and cuts the most incredible promo. That was really nice. I it like was fun. The uh, uh, it was fantastic. And the moment where he goes, 
uh, is that funny, moron? And like, are, are you mean to tell you why, moron? And just fucking getting into it was fantastic. It was quasi, uh, and it was exactly what needed to be said. Frankly, I'm I'm Team Sammy in everything. Oh so, yeah, uh, which is what's going to bring us up in that bar conversation. Uh, I know you didn't watch it live. I told you what ended up happening, and the Dean Ambrose uh, send off when Bobby Lashley the dog match stuff. No, I I wasn't going to cover that, but that was okay. pretty cool. I read the transcript for that. Yeah, one. I read that too. I thought um, it was good. Ambrose uh, sends off, gets sent off by Bobby Lashley, uh, and Bobby Lashley before the match, um, Leah Rush kept not wanting to speak in the microphone, not wanting to say it, not wanting to say it, and Bobby grabs it and says, "Don't worry, Dean, we'll take care of your wife for you when you're gone." <laughs> Which is just, it was the most character that Bobby Lashley's ever had in his life, and yeah, it's perfect. It I'm glad he needs character. Um, we'll end on this note since we're at an hour fifteen. Uh, the screw finish for the unification match between Kofi The and bait and switch, bringing out the bar. Yeah. 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 I, I was texting Josh because you weren't live yet, Kyle, when you were watching it. I'm happy for them to book the bar strong because I like both those guys. Yeah. It was just an awful spot to do it. I thought. And I still kind of think it was an awful spot for them. That's a shitty situation for them to be in. I think they were hoping that another beach ball was going to get popped by Cesaro like it did last year. But um, it's clear that the superstar shakeup being next week, that they don't give a rat fuck about the post-mania crowd in as much as they want them to have fun, but they're fucking over them taking over the show. Yeah. And I Agreed. am happy about in 100% agreeance, <laughs> if only because the way they treated Lars on SmackDown with the you can't wrestle bullshit and chant mm-hmm. that at him and any person or thing they don't agree with because they do really set the tone for the year for anybody that's brand that comes back it's really shitty yeah um and they basically in that match goes oh you like you want this right and they'll bait and switch which they do all the time anyways yeah but then it's just like you know what no Fuck you. We're going to give you the bar. And, and, and it's going to be a tag team. You still know who's going to win, but it's not going to mean jack shit with no date set in sight for any kind of unification thing. It also got heat on the bar to be more, exactly. more heelish, which, which they, they showed the next night when, when they came out. and They're um, just going to do something with them. Yeah. Like if well, you're going to do it, they're both great workers. They're both great on the mic. Do something with them. Well, I'm here for gonna League of Nations it. point two. We're going to hate it. I thought they were teasing it when, uh, when Drew... Drew like, we're, we're gonna hate it next week when uh, one of them's on Raw and the other one's on SmackDown. And it also shows that they, after Mania, they don't give a fuck about the brands for that week either. Because yeah. people were just showing it wherever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And, and, and it, it wasn't like, oh, they're now gonna be on. And I know that bothers Kyle because he said as much. I did. Um, uh, I think okay. for, for one weekend, and then two if you count Survivor Series because they're invading. Yeah. Um, I really. I really like it because it's also up front with, hey, we're still in Brooklyn. We're still in Brooklyn and we're still in Brooklyn. Like, that's why this NXT guy's here now. Yep. Or this is why, like, an, you know, a SmackDown guy's on Raw because he's, he's sticking around or whatever it might be. Um, it does feel like it's a, it's a really easy reminder, though, how I do wish there was a fucking break. Can we take a month off? Like a yeah. season, like an off season? Yes. Yeah. Even I think if it's, it's long overdue. I think it's been long overdue. Yeah, I, I'm. If nothing else, because now you've got so many different companies or different brands, let let them intersect over Mania. 
Um, and then Raw takes off during the summer, and SmackDown takes off during the fall or summer. I don't think there'll be any of this, unfortunately. It's never going to Especially happen. with Fox doing the deal. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they're going to have to work. I think push is going to come to show eventually where they have to work out some kind of break plan for the competitors. Yeah. But I don't think they'll ever stop being... Because no. they've got the longest episodic bullshit, too. Right. And there's no fucking way Vince's ego lets that go away. He wants to make that in- insurpassable. Or it already It is. already is, I think. But he wants to just keep nailing it on the head, like, non-stop, that they mm. are the longest it, running... A great way to kind of encapsulate that is when I looked at Dina on, set on Tuesday night, and she said, hey, what are you doing? I go, I'm actually going to go watch wrestling. She goes, oh, my God, there's still more wrestling. <laughs> that's, and that and, and that's, can almost be every week. But... Um, yeah, if you choose to, there's enough to follow you an entire week at this point. And of just uh, if just WWE, yeah, yeah, because you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, SmackDown, NXT. In this case, there's NXT, and then NXT again, and then NXT UK, and NXT UK, which airs on Wednesdays too or Tuesdays. I think they, I think, and the cruise. God forbid if it's Thursday. If you want to put that on there, yeah, it's a shame because I'd love for them to be able to consolidate their rosters into the three brands and then be able to give them. All that stuff. Now we're fantasy booking them. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. All in all, A plus WrestleMania. Yeah, um, super fun. Yeah, and the food was good too. Food is all right. Good uh, Kyle made a really great chorizo dip that I basically farted and shit poisoned for twenty four hours <laughs> afterwards. And that's what it's there for. Yeah, it was. Uh, Marty made some amazing carnitas and do my thing. It's delicious. Did my thing. Shit. Josh uh, made. An Icelandic thing that... How do you An say Icelandic it? dessert. How did you say that again? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> he, he, he just wrote it on the bowl. <laughs> he was afraid <laughs> to pronounce it. Um, check us out uh, on the 25th. We'll be back. Um, and we'll be heading into the NFL draft, so we might talk about it a little bit, too. Uh, what the fuck's think? the NFL? What is the NFL? Um, they have an offseason. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, follow us at Sports Trevishay on Twitter, SportsTrevishay.com. SportsTrevishayPod at gmail.com if you have any questions, any uh, uh, concerns. concerns. <laughs> I'm so used to saying that when I was in restaurants. Uh, or any um, suggestions for future episodes or future We're not going to uh, feel topics. your concerns. I will feel all of them because I care. 